And welcome to uh, this week's tidbit, which is actually our web news. So if you listen to episode 92 earlier this week, you'll know that uh, we kind of cut the episode short because we had to go leave and do a little bit of work and stuff like that. So we uh, we cut the web news into a tidbit this week. So our web news title is Peer-to-Peer uh, versus Centralized. That, 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 of course, was teased in the last episode. Now, I said it was loosely, and I want to strict, I want to uh, stress the word loosely, uh, what do you call it, influence, couldn't think of the word. Mostly inspired or influenced by uh, the the Bill Ottman episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. I said I was going to listen to the rest of it, and I absolutely did not because I fell asleep on the couch last night. So uh, we are just going to be recording this because we just basically have enough to talk about. So web news. Uh, I'm just going to go through the points here as we always do, and then we'll just sort of take it from there. So. Uh, Peer-to-peer versus centralized. Now, most recently, uh, cloud computing has brought many of our web apps and other things that we use uh, to the cloud. So, meaning, instead of the actual computer, you know, your family computer, whatever it is, actually doing the processing, like editing the photo and, you know, rendering the video or whatever, it's no longer done locally on that machine. It's actually done on a cloud computer somewhere. And these cloud computers are most commonly, at least in my experience, centralized, meaning that they're in a, a warehouse or a data center somewhere and that data center is typically something like Facebook or Google. So uh, an example use case would be you upload a video, uh, let's say a photo because it's easier. So let's say you upload a photo to a Facebook service. So let's just say actually Facebook, you know, you go in there and then let's say you crop it and you do some other things. Uh, Chances are, depending on how much processing is required, it's actually done via the uh, centralized server, the cloud, it's cloud computed in their data center. Um, this is especially true for videos, so obviously your computer isn't the one rendering and doing all this other crazy stuff for YouTube. YouTube is the one that has to uh, be the ones that pro- that process it. Prime example, actually, and very topical example, COVID-19 caused the default, the default switch, the default uh, quality to drop on YouTube so that they could lessen the amount of... Uh, you know, people going through there because a bunch of people were, were basically transcoding or, you know, changing the quality at UHD or HD or whatever it was. And it's just, you know, a lot and a lot, a lot of computing power going into that. Now, alternatively to this, we also have peer-to-peer. So peer-to-peer or P2P, okay, and that's a numeric two, P2P is a different uh, way to cloud compute where instead of all the computing happening at a data center somewhere, so the, you know, without that centralization, it happens across peers or different computers. And these computers are generally related in some way. So here's an example. Uh, a common use case would be online gaming. So if a developer typically can't afford dedicated servers because dedicated servers are preferred for online gaming, not going to get into that, but... If they can't afford dedicated servers to host online games, the game can be hosted on a peer. And actually, older games, you know, before this whole dedicated server and esports and everything else took off, this is actually how it would be done. Even the old Call of Duties were peer were peer based. Uh, so typically, the peer or the person playing with you with the strongest connection would be chosen by the system, however that works, and then that person would be the host of the game. And if that peer or that person left the match, that's when you would see that you know host migration is in progress or if some games don't have the host migration thing, the game would just end, say, the host is left, and then you would, uh, you know, start another game with another group of peers. So, to clear that up, when you join a Call of Duty game, in this case, you join up, there's like, let's say there's just 10 of you to be easy, there's 10 of you, all of you are peers of each other, the strongest one, the strongest connection gets to host the game, you all play, if I'm the strongest host and I'm the one ho- playing, and I lose power, or I leave, you know, whatever, I have a power cut, and or I leave, then the other people left in the game will either be kicked out because I'm no longer hosting the game or uh, they will have to, or the game will migrate all those things over to somebody else. Now, some of you might, might say that, you know, some of this stuff is still cloud computing because maybe your profiles and some other, you know, third party services, or maybe even some of the call of duty services are in the cloud. But in general, this is how peer to peer works is the game itself. The actual game you're playing, the match is hosted on a peer in that case. Not any longer, as far as I know, Call of Duty is now dedicated, but back in the day, that's how it worked. So, uh, there's been a, a fair bit of talk recently um, as to whether, you know, centralized or peer-to-peer, like which one to use, and which one's better. And whereas, uh, you know, cloud computer, cloud computing via centralized data centers have certainly taken off with Facebook, with Google, with, you know, all the rest of them, uh, there 
you know, some believe that decentralizing is actually the future. So for example, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are not centralized. So they don't have like a centralized source. Whereas old school money is centralized via the bank that issued it or, you know, however they handle it. So the American banks or, you know, American Mink, mint or whatever you want to call it, that's like a centralized currency. You know, American money comes from America, for example. So, um, I just want to kind of wanted to touch on this because this can, this for some, and I think it is a niche, but for some, this is a hot topic. I am definitely in a different camp or I think I'm in the typical camp. And I think you were mentioning, Mike, that you're sort of in more of the peer-to-peer camp. So the typical camp, at least these days, is more cloud computing, less peer-to-peer. And I think you you mentioned some peer-to-peer stuff. So I'll kind of let you jump in and yeah, take absolutely. There. So um, I don't know if I'm in the peer-to-peer or the whatever camp, but I see the value in both. And I think both will exist. Like, I don't think ever there's going to be a situation where one exists and the other doesn't, if that right. makes sense. So, but... What I see with peer-to-peer is a way to preserve the internet as we have it now. So a big problem that's happening is a lot of the internet rights that we've had for a long, long time, like, you know, complete freedom of speech, complete... uh, It's not even complete freedom of speech. It's not the right way to say it, but a, a platform's rights to control their users, stuff like that was their rights, the yeah. platform's rights. Now the government's coming in and trying to regulate it. So uh, the whole Ajit Pai stuff with net neutrality in this, the United States, that's a step in the direction of corporations being able to and governments being able to control the internet and control your access to the internet as well. So at some point, I know Matt and I have talked about the whole net neutrality thing, but at some point there could be a situation where um, you'll buy a Facebook subscription you'll buy a WhatsApp subscription and be able to only use those apps or have a limit on everything else but Facebook and whatever. That's already happening in some places, in a lot of places, actually. And that's from your ISP, to be clear. Not You're not paying Facebook for that. You're saying, my ISP, I want internet access and I would like to access Facebook. Here's my Facebook fee. Exactly. So that's that's already happening. So that's a step in that direction. The next step would be limiting all the other video streaming platforms. So if YouTube goes in and lobbies for more of this because they want everyone to use YouTube, they would go to the ISPs and try to get a plan made up that's just for YouTube. And then if anyone else has a video a video platform, then they wouldn't be able to compete because users would like regular basic users that are paying the minimum, which is the majority most likely, won't be able to access the their sites at all. Like it's not even a limit, it's going to be a, a, a cut access. So it's going to become kind of like television where you have packages and you get them. And I say it's going to become because in my in my eyes, we're moving there no matter what. Like there's going to be regulations on the internet more and more. Uh, there's going to be more corporations trying to get as much money and squeezing as much money out of it as possible. Governments are going to try to control it more and more like what's happening with China and the Great Wall. They don't want their their users to be using external services. They want to, them to only use internal services, which are monitored. That's going to happen more often. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen next year. I'm not saying it's going to happen even in the next 10 years. But at some point, the internet will be controlled. I'm talking about centralized internet. Now, the way to avoid this and the way to preserve what we have now is, in my opinion, a P2P connection where that's much harder to control. Now, it is still possible to go in and, you know, shut down nodes and stuff like that because P2P isn't strictly, you know, everyone just runs all all the systems. There are still centralized, not centralized, but decentralized nodes that have mm. big libraries and databases of common P2P networks, right? It's just a lot more spaced out and a lot and and it's a lot harder to predict where they are rather it's, than it's like centralized those, those third-party yeah. services and the cod matches exactly where, like your your profile and stuff is handled by these potentially centralized things but yeah. the actual match you're playing at the time in the old in the old games. exactly I and mean, it's not like, like strictly centralized I, I, as well it could still be like some guy's computer in their basement they're just indicated that they want to be a node so they have an opportunity to help the P2P network. So torrenting is a big P2P file transferring protocol. Mm-hmm. And torrenting doesn't work just because everyone's kind of sharing information. There's still large hubs that have voluntarily donated their computers and their networks to be able to control the flow of that P2P. So where the traffic goes. 
So that's why it's not strictly like there's no strict P2P. Like it's not like, you know, a million computers and they all have the exact same thing. No, there are still decentralized nodes. Um, so that's still going to happen. And there's still ways of like tracking where the nodes are and shutting them down. It's just a lot harder for governments and for societies to be able to cut that down. That's where I see the value in P2P more than anything is to be able to preserve this kind of open internet that we have now to be able to preserve the competition of small startups and markets coming in and just being able to put their business online. Because like I said, in the future, corporations aren't going to allow that. If they they can get a hold of the whole market, why would they not do that? Like if they're, we're, we're, we, we live in a capitalistic society. They're going to try to get as much money as possible. I'm not, I don't mean to be cynical, but that's just how, how it is. Like, I'm just telling you the, the real, the real life of the situation. Um, they're not, they're going to do everything in their power to limit other people's ability to create a competitor to them. And that's kind of slowly what's happening. Now, people are fighting back and like there's groups and organizations forming like, uh, to stop this and to prevent it. But realistically, all that's really doing is slowing it down because eventually they're just going to win because they have more money and more influence than you. So that's just, that's just the reality of it. So we have to think of a different way to approach the internet, which is why the P2P comes to play. And that's why, that's why I'm for it, if that makes sense. That's what I'm, that's what I want from it. I want there to be news available from P2P sources. I want there to be, you know, video service hosting on P2P sources somehow. Like I want, I want everything that we have now to be available on the P2P side of an, a, a massive global scale. In it wouldn't be called. It would, would it be an internet? Maybe it'd be called something else. Well, I mean, technically speaking, if Google was a person, not a company, and they were small and they wanted to host a bunch of videos, so they made a service called YouTube, and that was a peer, and then that peer grew and became YouTube. And Google, which then has Google Drive and all these other things, technically speaking, it's it becomes centralized. Like a peer can be centralized. You can have a central a, a centralized peer. Yeah, to but an extent. It, it, to an extent, but with peer to peer, I believe anyone can be that peer. Like you don't have control really of who is that peer. Yes, that's the difference. Yes, that's the that's difference. True, true. Is like whereas Google has control where their data centers are. If they were to turn on peer to peer, any person can be like, "Oh, I'm a peer," and take all their data. Or take a portion, like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll take all the, like, yeah. Canadian videos and help you guys exactly. out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I, th- I think DNS is a really uh, thing. There's a lot of DNS servers around. Oh, yeah, they're, they're kind of Yeah, they're kind of peer-to-peer. But, again, they are centralized because we know where they are. Um, they are very clearly, you know, centralized everywhere. But it's kind of like a, a in the middle somewhere between peer-to-peer and centralized, in my opinion, because there are just so many of them. They're all over the place. If you shut down one, you can still access a lot of the same sites because it'll just reroute you to a different DNS server. I I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm with you in terms of like, I want things to be open and stuff. Um, I want things to be open and still free on the internet. I, I always compare if, if someone doesn't understand what, what they what I mean by that or what, you know, this net neutrality thing means what I mean by that is, okay. So in Canada, you know, you need a variety of permits to do things. So, if you take your own home and you were to go and build a deck, now I don't know the building code, but I know that if you were to build a deck of a certain you know size or whatever, you require a permit. So you have to go and get a permit. There could be building inspections and everything else. And these are government people, usually municipal, meaning local government, come in and they say, yeah, you can have a deck. Here's your permit. you know. And then they come in and depending on the construction and the busyness of the office, they can come in and check on your construction to see if you're doing what you said. You know, you can't apply for a deck permit and then build, a, you know, a new house. <laughs> so, like, but, but but if you think about it, this is why I bring this up. That's your house, and you decided to build a deck, and you couldn't just do that. Now, think about the internet. You built your own website and just published it. Mike and I are recording this right now and are just publishing it. I, we don't have the, the municipal government or another level of government coming in and being like, hey, you guys, you guys got a recording license? You guys got a you guys got a this license or that license? Whereas in the radio, right, there's broadcasting licenses, for example. So the internet is much more free. The internet is much more free. But old school things like owning a house or broadcasting on the radio are both things that are locked down by government. And so this, I mean, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but in reality, this scares some governments because they're like, wait a second. 
These people are just going on to Twitter and just talking. Why can't I see what they said? Whereas if you look at a TV show, I remember seeing, I remember hearing, and this is years and years and years and years ago, there was a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and he almost couldn't go because his shirt had some sort of logo, and like they had to have like three or four lawyers look at it and be like, can we have this little logo on our on our TV show? Like, what are we going to do? Like, oh my God, like, can we have this? Like, I don't know if we can have it. Can we cover it up? Like, what do we do? And I remember that from years and years and years ago. But on YouTube, it's like, Mike's looking down right now. I can see his Sennheiser, like, I can see his Sennheiser, like, logo right on there. I could see it. And you can just mention things. And that's not the case on, like, a lot of TV and broadcast. And, of course, different countries are different ways. And some don't, some, you know, you can just build a house in your backyard if you wanted. And some, you know, don't care. But in Canada, and, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I would assume America as well. That they have, you know, a variety of building laws and it's like, you have to have it here. You have to have it there. And and it, it goes into the nitty gritty. And that's what I think the internet is trying to prevent. Now, net neutrality isn't necessarily focused on keeping the freedoms in terms of not having any sort of regulation. Of course, there's laws that pertain to the internet. You know, I can't be hacking into Mike's bank account, stealing all his money and being like, well, it was the internet. It was free. <laughs> you know, I can't be doing that. You know, there's still laws against that. Uh, but it's it's more so like so those lobbyists and those type of things can't do anything. So for example, if like Mike Mike was saying about the the YouTube thing, if Mike and I decided to make our own YouTube like platform, and then YouTube comes into our local ISP, let's just say Rogers, and they go to Rogers and they say, hey, um, I'd like you to block, I'd like you to slow down, or you know pick one, and I would like you to to slow down my Matt and Mike's YouTube. You know, I'd like the I'd like that 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 to be eliminated for all of your customers. And then Rogers goes, okay, you know, and this is all hypothetical. Okay, you know how much? And there's going to be laws in there for how that transaction takes place. That transaction takes place, and now they have a fast lane, or in this case, can continue dominance over Mike and I, and we don't have the freedom to freely publish. So that's the difference. Um, and if you think about it. With all these streaming platforms that are coming out, you know, Netflix and Disney Plus and all this. You can imagine the lobbying that's going to happen. You know, Amazon Prime Video would love to be on top. Disney Plus would love to be on top. And Netflix would love to be on top. I think Netflix might still be on top. But regardless of which, they all want to be at the top. And so we have this very competitive landscape right now. And they're being competitive by, you know, lowering services, getting exclusive videos, getting this, getting that. And that's good and bad for consumers because you see people complain about having to have multiple services and that type of thing. But you, do you notice how the actual internet there isn't the barrier? But then they can say, wait a second, instead of me offering discounts and better like viewership, why don't I just go and say, hmm, all the people in X city have internet ISP A. I'm going to go to internet ISP A and say, I only want Prime Video. I don't want Netflix. I don't want YouTube. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. I want them either all you know, metered down so that they run like crap and people will stop using them, or I want them to be blocked. And I want only Prime Video to show up. And depending on the neutrality laws and how those change, that can happen. And that, that is what net neutrality is trying to fight against because now it's no longer competition by, I have a better service. It's now, I am the service. You don't get to choose, you know, your police force. The police force in your area, your fire department, all that stuff is all, like, you know, government stuff. You don't choose that. Maybe there's some elections for sheriff or something. But, like, in the man of the day here, you're not choosing those services. I don't go I don't go and, like, choose, like, I'd like this person, this person, and this person to, like, you know, fight crime in my town. I don't choose that. But the internet is very much like, hey, I like Google Podcasts, but I also like CastBox, but I also like this. I'll use all three. I'll use this one for this podcast. Like, I could do that. You could do that. Anyone could do that. But that's going to be the fighting against it. Now, the peer-to-peer, to bring it back to the, to bring it back home, the peer-to-peer would allow us to have it so that CastBox, for example, uh, well, I guess CastBox is a bad example because, like, podcasts aren't really centralized necessarily. But, like, uh, YouTube, for example, if it was decentralized, like, I could be like, hey, like, I have, uh, 100 gig, I'll take 100 gig of your videos, and I'll serve up all the videos, I mean, there's going to be more than 100 gig, but let's just say, I have 100 gig, and I can I can take all the A's, all the ones that start with A, I'll, I'll take that, and then if Mike goes to stream a video that starts with A, like he wants to watch the Apple video, or whatever, he can go and literally, you know, he'll watch it on his computer, but he would actually be watching it from me, he wouldn't be watching it from a YouTube, from a YouTube data center, and what that does is that breaks that disconnect where... 
YouTube, the centralized thing can't say, Hey, I want my data center, you know, my service, uh, favored on your ISP, you know, with that city example I just gave, they, they can't do that. They can't, they, they're, they're unable to do that. Uh, that's, that's sort of the, the good thing about it. Now I'm in the camp of centralized though. Uh, and the reason why I am is because I don't think we can get the power out of peer to peer. Because if you think about centralized, okay, centralized, you can have a lot of power there. Google Stadia is a gaming stream streaming platform. And think a lot of people don't even have gaming PCs and this is them processing it in the cloud and sending it down. So I'm more of a fan of having net neutrality. So the competition is still there, right? So that there are no fast lanes over the internet, but I'm more of a fan of the centralized because I personally believe, and I can be swayed. I'm not, this isn't written in stone. But I personally believe that companies deserve to fight it out for our dollar. I hear a lot of bad things about Google Stadia. I'm not going to buy Google Stadia right now. That's the reality of it. I have fast enough internet to do it. Mike does too. But we both don't have it because we hear bad things. But if we heard it was amazing, there's a new Xbox and a new PlayStation coming up. Hmm, should we upgrade or should we just go to Stadia? And that's what I want That I like that. Like I like that kind of thing. I like the fighting. PlayStation used to be my secondary console in PS3 era. Now it's my primary console. Maybe the Xbox Series X will be my primary console. I like that fighting, right? Some people hate it, but I prefer that. Now, there's also an argument, and it's kind of a side argument, that alongside this peer-to-peer stuff, a lot of the people that want this peer-to-peer thing and they don't like the centralized anything typically like open source. I'm fine with open source. I have no problem with it, everything else. But I disagree with something. So in the Joe Rogan podcast, and I'm totally paraphrasing, Bill Ottman said something along the lines of, you know, a certain, you know, X amount of years ago, nobody cared what was in their food. And then more recently, maybe 10 years ago or something like that. And moving forward to now, people were like, hey, you know, what's in my food? Like, I want to see that ingredients list. I agree with him there. And then he, so then his argument is, and again, I'm paraphrasing from memory, that uh, he, that like, you know, shouldn't people be able to see the source code of Facebook? I disagree with that. The reason why I say that is this. the I don't know what Facebook is built upon. I've never looked into it. Probably React or something. I don't care. The point is, the ingredients into Facebook is coding language X. But I don't have the recipe, which is the code. The same thing happens when I when I look take a look at my orange juice carton. I have the ingredients, but I don't know what they did to them. Did they roast them? Did they squeeze them? Did they pulp them? Did they beat them up? Did they age them? Did they What did they do? I don't know. I don't have that recipe. And to me, the code is the recipe. So I know that's a, that's a side note to this peer to peer thing, but usually they seem to go hand in hand because at the end of the day, if I, if I can't run the YouTube source code on my computer to help offload those a videos, like, are they going to make an app to allow peer to peer? Like, you know what I mean? Now, now that app is, is still from a centralized place. The YouTube, like, you know, executable or whatever it is, the YouTube server file is now from a centralized place, which runs on my computer and I still don't see it. So now I don't even know what it's doing on my peer that I have. So that's why those two things go hand in hand. So I know I've ranted a bit. I'm going to let yeah. know, Mike take over there, but yeah, I, okay. So why I agree they go hand in hand completely because if I were to give my computer as a node or use P to P to P, I think I would only do it with a well-known, open source application like i wouldn't just allow random you know random joe that just created an app and then close source <laughs> all of his code to run an entire like server from my computer because who knows what he's doing there he could oh, be yeah. doing illegal stuff yeah like, i don't want to deal with that so i would only do it if it was open source for sure so that that's why it runs hand in hand hand to hand because most people think that same way they don't want random code executing on their on their computer that they can't they don't have access to having said that a lot of the code that we do run on the computer, Windows, Mac, OS, all that is random code that we don't really have access to fully. Like we can't go in there and figure it like unless we reverse engineer everything, we can't like, you know, you can't go and start building stuff on top of Windows or inside of Windows core core because that code is not accessible to us. It's been assembled and uh, it, it's all closed off. So. That's one thing that that is happening, and a lot of telemetry data is being sent all over the place, which is kind of worrying because we don't have access to that either. We don't know exactly what's being sent from our computers, and people do get paranoid. So again, I'd rather have open source for that, but in a lot of cases, I do agree that there should be an instance where 
closed source is still around and centralized things like stadia stadia is not something that could be a p2p service it's just not possible no because unless you unless unless i'm gonna have 10 gaming rigs here set up run the stadia you know service hopefully open source and then say okay i i I can i can help host 10 games yeah but that's gonna be a terrible service because who knows what what like like stuff you have the good thing about potentially good thing about stadia is they can have consistent performance across their entire stack Oh, and then, if you, yeah, if then you start, they, can't, they can't advertise they that They can't anymore. do consistent right. performance, so some people are going to be running Civilization 1, and some people are going to be running Civilization <laughs> 6, because they just can't run the same games. Um, so, it, in my opinion, stuff like that is never going to work P2P. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I see P2P kind of thriving is stuff like news, being able to pass news back and forth. It's just text. Like, you don't need too much. It could be open source, right? Like, it's not a huge application. It's just a news platform, really. So a news P2P site would be great because then you can get less biased news sources um, and no no control over the news because that's something that I'd be worried about if all of a sudden the internet closed down and then opened back up and there was one news platform. That would be like, who's controlling that platform? That'd be kind of a disaster. That's that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. I like to get my... New, like I, I've never gone in and been like read one one headline and be like, oh yeah, that's the truth. That's never like I'm never going to do that because I know that everyone, both left and right and middle and whatever, they all skew their stuff to get more clicks because that's just how society is. So I'm gonna read like 15 different news sources if I'm if I'm really interested in something, and then I'm gonna make my own opinion on it based on you know reading 15 different news sources or skimming through them or whatever. Um, if I'm interested, which lately I have not because it's just such a disaster out there. But that's how I approach it. And like with a P2P news source, news platform, I can see it being very valuable in the sense where anyone can add to it. There's multiple different sources. Everyone can cite different other P2P articles, stuff like that. So news is one thing that I think has to be P2P at some point. Otherwise, we're going to be kind of screwed. Um, Video sharing, kind of, although that's also kind of a question mark because then then you're getting into copyright infringement and like... People do spend a lot of money making videos. If you all of a sudden open it up to P2P, then you can't really control and copyright those videos. Although so the copywriting is not being handled that well as, as said not. by YouTubers, it's by YouTube. 100% not being handled correctly at all. But it is they are trying to do something to, you know, to solve the problem. Now they're doing it wrong, but they're adjusting and maybe at some point they'll get it. And maybe another company will come out and get it better. Like copywriting is, is a big thing. Um we need to just lower it down because you said like the extreme copywriting instance is the TV platform and and like because then you're you're worried about what brands you have on display what what you say in the script on YouTube at least you don't have to worry about that so much so I like that aspect of the internet and I hope it doesn't like I hope it goes even more open than that where like we don't have to worry about um, who we mention or what content we use so much although in that sense like. Right now, what, what's the law? What's the thing? If you're doing commentary over a video, that's allowed. The, pro- that's the problem that's... is fair fair use copyright yeah. law. Like I've watched videos just on the actual law itself. Yeah, and apparently it's abstract intentionally because it's an abstract topic that can be technically argued, you know, in court or otherwise, and therefore that type of thing, like you're saying, like a review of a of a movie showing clips of the movie is technically allowed because it's a review. But then it gets murky, as far as I understand it, not being a lawyer, that if I were to do my own commentary, like developer commentary or director commentary, but like I'm not a, I'm not the director, at that point, am I showing too much of the work, you know, et cetera, et cetera? That's where the that's where it gets like, eh, you know, it, it gets iffy. But in my in my eyes, if you're doing commentary over a video track, where the video track at that point becomes unwatchable for like a, a first time watcher. To get the to get like a, an enjoyment from the content, I think that's where the line should be drawn. Is like, yes, if you're doing commentary and you're saying three words every hour, that's not commentary, right? No, definitely not. But if you're abstracting the original uh, source enough for it to become not enjoyable to watch from a person that's never seen it before perspective, then I think that becomes on a different level. So I think. We need to get there somehow, but we're not there yet anyway. I, I agree with you that there's it's really murky and needs to get better, but we are better than TV. Like, 
that's the good thing. We need, we need to keep moving in that direction. Um, so that's where I get kind of murky. So I don't know, like P2P for me, news, file sharing, yes, again, with a question mark because, again, copyright infringement and all that. Um, Although technically now, you would think that in that case, well, see, then it's centralized again. What I was going to say is if we take this hypothetical peer-to-peer YouTube where they provide you with, you know, the YouTube server app, you run that, and then they start sending you, you know, they offload all those A videos. So now that's not on their centralized server, it's on yours. So now there's essentially two peers. There's your, you know, more or less centralized one, and then you have all the A videos. But I guess, like, I would think that the licensing of that YouTube would then say, like, hey, you know, this is, you know, you're recognizing that you don't own these videos, it's just running on your hardware. Yeah. But then the ultimate question is, is why would anyone do that? Because that's thousands of dollars, especially for transcoding video. Not yeah, to mention the internet connection to send crazy. it out. Why would anyone why, do that? Okay, but why do people act as massive nodes for torrenting sites? That's a good question as well, to be honest. I have no idea. That's a good question, honestly. Like, why are people uploading terabytes of data? I, minute, I, I didn't know that that, that like was happening, hour. to be honest. I always thought it was just like... Some dude no, there's, downloads there's... video one, and then like this dude now has it. Now they both can download. Now they both can like give it to no, somebody there's, else. There's people out there that are like proud of the fact that they upload, you know, gigabytes and gigabytes of video that they've downloaded, and they crank it up and like they leave it. I don't know. There's 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 people out there that want to promote the cause of being an open internet. That's what I think that it relies on, and there and that's not a that's not a small niche of people. I think that's a quite a big community. Mm. Um that we're not seeing like i'm not one of those people really uh unfortunately like i'm i'm not i'm not a huge like you know uploader i don't upload much um i i tend to stick to the law as much as i possibly can there are a few instances where like if something that i want to watch is not available to watch on any paid platform here because i subscribe to many of the paid platforms anyway uh if that's not available to watch then i i might try to find it in different ways um but other than that that's like I'd rather you know either just watch it, stream it. Like I don't need to own it. We talked about that in the last episode. I don't care about owning so much. I know Matt, you care about owning. I don't. I'll just watch it once usually, and I'll never watch it again. So there's no point to me for owning it. But if I'm not able to watch it, that's an annoyance that I don't want to deal with. And I use the open internet for that aspect of it. But other than that, like I understand where all the other companies are coming from, where they don't want to distribute their content for free talking about it from a different perspective apparently there have been a lot of studies done that show piracy actually increases consumption of different content which increases the entire industry's uh, revenue because people that have never and would have never like this customers that you would have never had because they just would not been able to buy your product are able to consume it and then try to somehow support the service or buy the merch, maybe. If or it's buy like the merch. Movie, yeah. Or in the future, when you do come to their country or something like that, in some way, they'll go out and get it because it's just easier to to buy something at this point, like especially if with Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that, to watch it there than it is to pirate it. Isn't that like so, HBO's, or at least it was back in the day, they just didn't do anything about piracy? They just kind of were like, whatever, I believe. So I don't know if they did that because they're huge anti-piracy people right now. Oh, like they are? They're, oh, okay. they're, they are some of the biggest ones. And they I think they've been some of the biggest ones for a very long time. Like they're the ones that are doing the DMCA takedown notices into all the, like, into all the different ISPs and stuff like that. Like they, they do a lot of that. So I think they're worried about it the most. Um, just buy a Blu-ray, think, folks. That's, just, that's what I do. Just buy a Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. But HBO Go is releasing soon. Like so, their standalone streaming service. Because right now you can they had they do have streaming, but it's through like third parties like Crave in Canada and HBO. HBO does have a streaming service, but you have to be signed up for the TV service in, in the states. I believe that's what I have. Yeah, we got we got satellite satellite TV, and then we have HBO in there. Yeah, so you have you have that as a streaming service, but now they're they are releasing a standalone one where you don't have to have a cable subscription or a third party oh. subscription. To be able to get it, which is good, and like maybe when they release something that's not as terrible as Game of Thrones, I'll go out and watch it. Sopranos. Like if they really, well, I mean, I'm not a Sopranos fan, but if they release something that I really want to see, I'll go out and subscribe to it, and whatever. Like it's, it, it depends. I'm not a huge fan of subscribing to a million different services, but like I'll cancel a subscription here and then add a subscription there. It's fine. 
That's that's honestly, I think the way to do it is, especially yeah. in the age of binging, if you're going to binge The Sopranos, let's just hypothetically say, and that's seven seasons, that's a lot, you know, so it'll take some people a month or two if they're really binging it, uh, then, you know, why have Netflix? You just, just cancel your Netflix for a month. I mean, unless you have it grandfathered in price or something like that, but it's like, you know, cancel Netflix for a month, pay for your HBO Go once it's out, watch that for a month, you know, oh, I want to watch Tiger King canceled like HBO go back onto Netflix. That's probably the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, like, like I said, I, I don't see a situation where both P2P and centralized are not together. I think they will both coexist. I think P2P will become more popular again, as more corporations take control of aspects of the internet or governments take control of aspects of the internet. It's just going to happen. Um, one thing I do want to mention is, the Elon Musk Starlink satellite internet system. That will be a great test to see how a global internet will look like without wires, like without cables on the ground. Probably that be banned in cut. a bunch of countries. But they would have to like forcibly take them down. Or, or have like one hell of a capital punishment. Yeah. To scare people. True. I guess, yeah. Like China, like I can see China trying to do, trying to control it, but there's still going to be people that connect to it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's still going to be some, there's still going to be a way to connect to it. I think regardless at some point, um, regardless of your your government's control, I think that's the point. Like one of Elon's points to make those satellites is so that he it gives uh, citizens more control over the information that they that they receive because that's it's important. I know governments are scared by it, but like they. Sh- they should be because they shouldn't be doing all this shady stuff. Like they should not be that as corrupt as they are. A lot of governments are extremely corrupt and they are, they don't want other people knowing about it. They want to control as much aspects of their population. They, a lot of them are doing it because they think that it's better for their citizens because they don't want to like, you know, they want to, you know, control the information that they see so that citizens don't panic or they want to, you know, control these aspects of their lives so that the citizens don't do stupid shit. But I don't know. Not exactly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like, and and I don't want to get into politics, but I, I yeah. feel like one of the things that anything, any government, anything, uh, any governing body should just be is more like just be more transparent. Because yeah. I always see the articles where you know X person, you know X politician did this terrible thing, and like you know we don't like it because of these three things. These you know that's the article, and then a few weeks later, someone else comes out and says like, well, it actually kind of looks like he did it because this, this, and this. And it's sort of like, why didn't he just say that? <laughs> like, why didn't he say, like, hey, guys, I know it's going to cause this, this, and this. Like, I'm sure they know. But it's for this, and we're going to try it. And I feel like that's, man, no, there's still going to be people angry and everything else. But I think that's still better, because you're just like, oh, well, I mean, he was trying it, and it didn't work. Okay. I mean, like, how else are we supposed to try things? Like, Yeah, there's still going to be people up in arms. There's going to be people, people up in arms no matter what you do. There's people going to be pissed off that we're talking about this right now. Like, Yeah, 100%. There's gonna, it, no matter what. So you might as well be honest with the, the majority of people that hopefully they appreciate it and do analytical things and make mistakes. Like government's going to make mistakes. They're not exactly – like people in governments aren't infallible. That's what I don't understand about people's th- like uh, commentary on it. Like they think that the government has to be 100% correct every single time. And that if they, you know, overreact to something or underreact or do something terrible or not terrible, but like slightly off cusp, it's, you know, they're the ruining taxpayer money, taxpayers money. I agree when they're doing the consistently stupid things, the same things over and over again without learning from their mistakes. That's dumb. And yeah, a lot of, of course. governments do that. And that's that bureaucracy is one of those things where like that should be solved. Like we should be able to solve the bureaucratic situation where we have 15 different protocols to be able to get like one form sent into our government and then them contact us six months later to tell us that we sent it in wrong. That kind of stuff needs to be solved hundred percent. But when a government's trying something new, like in this coronavirus epidemic and trying to fight it in some way and they overreacting, that's because they don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, I, I personally, I'd rather overreact and have like an economic hit than, be like wow like we just lost like 130 like thousand extra people you know yeah or we overworked our healthcare staff to the point where they can't come back like they're just done yeah like they're, we, we've we've ringed them out to the point where we're not going to be able to do any surgeries for the next year 
Yeah, and that and that's not good, like because then people are dying no. from regular things like heart attacks and exactly, stuff that could have yeah. been saved. Well, and and with that though, like to bring it back to the the conversation at hand, mm-hmm. the governments are very similar to like these centralized systems where I think people are scared of when things happen. YouTube has changed so much in the last years. Like people used to upload a bunch of copyrighted stuff and everything else, and then you know that that started getting cracked down on, and then people see that as you know sort of an intrusion of like, hey, like what the hell is going on here? The algorithms on various social media platforms are seen as intrusions. Uh, the facelessness of various social media platforms are is seen as an intrusion. If I have a serious problem, I remember I had a problem, like an actual legitimate glitch. I had a problem on my profile. And I couldn't turn off notifications. Like, I couldn't do it. And I was getting, like, tons. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? And I turn them off. Like, they were all off. And I, I emailed them. I was like, thank you. Like, we get a lot of requests or something. It was very faceless. We, we get a lot of requests. Like, thank you for messaging us. You know, we, we, might, we might do something about it. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, but that was it. It wasn't like, hey, you know, I'll we'll call you or we'll shoot you an email or something like that. It was just very faceless. Uh, the other day, I found a glitch one time on the Xbox, and I was like, oh, I'll be nice. It's a pretty freaking annoying glitch. So I found a glitch on the Xbox One, so I go and I contact their live chat, and I was like, hey, I found this bug. And they're like, okay, let's start with wiping your Xbox and see if it's still there. I'm not wiping my Xbox because I found a bug. Like, mm-hmm. that's your job. Like, that's testing. Like, you, you test that, you know? And so yeah. when these companies, these centralized things, make mistakes like this, governments or, in this in this case, back to the digital stuff, like, when they make mistakes, then people are like, what the hell? Like, you know, it should have been so obvious. But it's the reason why people, in my opinion, are so up in arms is because these things are faceless. Like, literally say what, we're, what you're doing and what you're thinking. You you have so much more insider information. What are you scared of, like, someone else following in your footsteps? There's nothing these days, in my opinion, on a digital service that's keeping you super timed exclusive. If... Someone releases, uh, and this already exists, if Facebook releases live video, Twitter releases live video six months later, okay? So you're like, wow, Facebook had the edge. Possibly. But Twitter video might be way freaking better. And then that might overtake it. You know how quick things fall? MySpace is dead. Like, it's still around. <laughs> but I remember first year of high school, everyone was like, I'm working on my, fa- my MySpace. I'm working on my MySpace. And that's all anyone ever talked about. That was like the big, like common topic across all social groups. I'm working on my MySpace and it died in that respect. It's still around for bands and stuff, but like it is dead in comparison to what it was. And look how fast it changed. It's because it's just a couple of clicks, right? And so that timed exclusive stuff, I don't get these centralized things. And I feel like people would be people who are against centralized, or at least just maybe not aware of this whole like dynamic of centralized versus peer to peer. But people who get pissed off at centralized things it's because the centralized thing is so faceless like it feels like it's so big it's like you're standing in front of a wall being like hello like there's a crack down here and like no one answers and i realize that there's you know millions and millions and millions of people and probably millions and millions and millions of pieces of feedback because some people are going to multiple pieces of feedback but if the company just came out and said the thing people are going to call you an idiot that's fine people are probably calling me an idiot right now probably calling you an idiot right now that's just the way it is I might think the, yep. the listener, like, I might think the listener did something stupid, but they may have did it for something, you know, whatever it was, may have did it for something completely legitimate. Could have been something mm-hmm. to abide by a law, and it was like, that UX, that UX is dumb. You know, maybe like, they send me a site, and it's like, that UX is horrible. And you're like, well, actually, it's because it's by law. And now I'm no longer saying it's horrible, right? Now I'm just like, oh, you know, that UX could be improved if the law could be changed. Mm-hmm. We recently worked on a on a government project, and the UX is bad. It's fucking bad, man. It's bad. But it has to be. Because they, the local government, has a reason for asking for those things. Right? It has to be that way. And so people would give me flack for saying it's bad UX. Okay, that's fine. But it has to be that way. Then they, then they might go down the chain. Oh, well, let's give the local government, you know, the, the you know, let's give them some flack. But they have a reason for doing it too. Why aren't we more transparent? Like, I'm being transparent. I had to do it because of this. Why aren't they saying, I had to do it because of this? I just don't get it. And I feel like the peer-to-peer desire is actually because I think that people think that peers are going to be more transparent. Because they're individual people or very small groups in general. And so, more than likely, they'll be more transparent. That's probably what we actually, totally my opinion, that's probably what we actually want. 
We want these services to work and we will only use them if they work. So they have an invested interest in making these services good and work, but they need to be more transparent. YouTube, you know, taken away uh, monetization at random on a whim because of a bot. Does it make sense because there's so many YouTube up videos uploaded? Yes. But why isn't there? And like it, things have changed so much in the last year. So maybe there is something like this now, but Everyone knows that a bunch of the of a creator's revenue comes from the first initial burst of video watching that happens in the you know the first day or two. Like they'll have a number of what, and that's how long it takes for the for YouTube to mainly review it. Why isn't why does why don't they have a bank of money that that keeps the money aside from the demonetization and says like oh this is actually okay here's your money, right? But there might be a reason for that, and as far as I know, it hasn't been stated. Like yeah. you're cut. Co- they're not very transparent. They're not transparent, but it's a public thing. It's like we're seeing the results, so it's obvious you're doing something. Why don't you just tell us why you did it? Don't tell me your tax number. Don't tell me your bank account number. I don't want to know that. I want to know why you did this, right? If you ask me on yeah. m- most of my websites, short of a security system, as to why something is the way it is, I could probably just tell you outright. This is why we did it this way. I was inexperienced at the time. I didn't know how to how to make it responsive that way. You know, whatever it whatever it was. So yeah, come on, man. <laughs> no, that was a good that was a good little wrap up of and rant on this whole situation. I think like have you would you say you've gone to somewhere in the middle as well on this? Because I know you started on being very centralized, like I, the topic yeah. of of this. You could, but you you see the value of a decentralized system alongside a centralized system. I do because, and I, I was actually thinking about this in the, right in the middle of your explanation, was, I mean, I'll bring it back to games, for example. One of the things that sucks is, you know, you're playing your favorite game, whatever, hooray, and then the, it, it's, a, it's on dedicated servers, which are centralized, and then those servers get taken down. But you and your buddy still want to play it. But back in a peer-to-peer system, it didn't really rely on a dedicated system anywhere. And so the, the company wasn't, you know, paying paying money for those servers to stay up so they have no invested interest in taking it down because there isn't anything to take down short of the account system which is probably across their other games so they don't care and so even though the experience might be degraded and not esports quality at least my buddies and i could still play x game and you can extrapolate that to a bunch of different things right oh you know let's offload it to to x thing like if you for if you for whatever reason couldn't couldn't edit photos, but I have like a rig here, like a computer that is just my editing rig and it's not being used during the primetime hours. I'm just an evening editor. So I say to Mike, Hey, why don't you, you know, at the end of the day, why don't you VPN into my house and use my video editing machine from nine to five? I know that's not technically peer to peer P2P, but it's, it's along those lines, right? Where you're using all these centralized things in the normal world and whatever, but like this is like a little convenience. I think that peer-to-peer, to me, wouldn't be primary, but it would be a convenience. Or maybe in some cases, with a million use cases out there, it could be a primary thing, depending on use case. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, uh, I think that's that's it for me, too. Like, I... I'm somewhere in the middle on this. <laughs> with like Like I am with most things, honestly. Like, I'm not an extremist in any direction from what I can see. Like I want both to exist as much as possible. I don't want there to be massive control over our internet. Uh, but I do understand that it's probably going to happen. So that's why I want peer to peer to start raising up. Now I think it's going too slowly. I think peer to peer should start invest. There should be more companies investing in it somehow um, to, br- to bring it up to a more wide standard and be able to, you know, access multiple countries at the same time and all that. Well, but I'm sure it'll happen. If you notice, one of the oldest things ever, money, is the first to be decentralized to an extent. Yeah, centralized is still true. being used, but in tandem with, in conjunction with, I, I don't know, I always say those two words, and I don't really know what they mean. <laughs> like, I, if you asked me to, to give you a, a dictionary, like, definition, I would be able to tell you. But working together with a centralized system, you know, U.S. dollars are alongside Bitcoin. Bitcoin are a lot less, uh, you know, prominent. They're a lot less impactful than a U.S. dollar, but they work together. They have equivalent values. You know, you can buy Bitcoin for X amount of U.S. dollars, sell Bitcoin for X amount of U.S. dollars, and same goes with other currencies. So if you notice, mm-hmm. like maybe this, maybe it starts old money, and then you know goes toward the future where we start getting 
you know, Google Drive across peers. Yep. And right as I said that, I winced at thinking, I don't want my files on some random peer. So it there's... depends what files. Hmm? It depends what files. Well, any any file, though. Like, if I'm working... Even if it's not it's something illegal, if I'm working on something, like, that's supposed to be, like, you know, secret, you know, I don't want it leaked or something. Yeah, right? Something like that. Just something that innocent. I don't want some peer to be like, hey, what's this? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. But you could probably, like, you'll be able to control what you want and what you don't want on the peers. I would hope. Yeah, I would hope. Again, as long as everything remains open source and, you know. Yeah. that That's thought into it, which, who knows. Well, this became an episode. <laughs> yeah, it did. This is like really a 52-minute. But, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's a bonus episode, yeah. and it's definitely a good thing that we cut it because we would have we'd have rushed it otherwise. Yep. So I'm I'm hope uh, unless you had any of the comments, Mike. Um, nope. I'm not going to do a, a, a traditional conclusion. It is a tidbit, but I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, this entire episode is a web news, so maybe we're, we're calling it a tidbit, but I might just label it as a web news to be clear to the audience. I might just put that in the actual title uh, on your podcast app. So maybe that's what you're doing. Maybe that's what you'll see there. But uh, yeah, many. Uh, I hope I actually want people's opinion on this. This is like a very opinionated thing, and I I want people to reach out to us on socials, which is, you know, at HTML, every HTML, all the things, which is on Facebook and Instagram and also on Twitter, uh, HTML at HTML, everything, you know, send us a message or a DM or like whatever, uh, or comment on one of our posts or whatever, whatever it is. I'll see the notification. I'm a little slow, but I'll, I'll see it or YouTube video. This is going to be on YouTube as well. And I want, like, I want to know like, Hey, you know, what is your opinion on this? Cause this is a really opinionated thing. So but yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. And, uh, Thanks for listening to this little, well, mini slash full episode, I guess. Slash tidbit. Yeah.